You can be seated this morning. Thank you for being with us. Everybody's feeling good in the Lord. Amen. Enjoyed that singing, Brother Sam. It's, it's uh, glad for any help that we can get. Amen. I used to have to pull double duty, lead the singing, get in under one anointing, then try to get relaxed and uh, get under the anointing to minister the Word. We believe the Holy Spirit is here with us this morning. God Himself is here. And by that fact, we asked Him to teach us, to heal our bodies, and to renew our minds. For the renewing of the mind will be the transformation or the metamorphosis of our bodies. Uh, we're going to keep the service kind of short this morning. We, I'm taking Sister Gregory on a little break this week. We're leaving after the service. I always take Sister Gregory on a break, you know. And uh, so you pray for us, and uh, Brother Joe will be with us next week. And I would ask you to do me a favor, and that is to come and support and represent us as a body of people. Now, you don't always get the ministry that you like or want, but we get what is available. And one day there will be nothing, won't be any available. So don't get the preacheritis. Just come to the house of the Lord and expect God to bless you. And He will if you will open up and pray for the ministry. Amen. Every man has got a different anointing and a different calling, and we recognize and appreciate that. And so we ask you to attend if you possibly can. Amen. Represent the church, represent the ministry here, and be a good testimony to the Lord. I'm going to look at a, a, an off shoot this morning. It's the same subject, but I'm going to take just a little break in the study, although it's a part of the study, and I simply call it the fourth light. The fourth light, if we could put the picture up, uh, David, about the prophet with the pillar of fire over his head, if you got that this morning, all right? That pillar of fire is the fourth light. The man that you see is basically the third messenger. The light you see is the fourth messenger. Many people are misunderstanding because they're trying to place Brother Branham in the role of God or the fourth messenger. Many make the mistake of saying, well, the light here is just an anointing to anoint a minister, just like we pray that the anointing will anoint me this morning. It is the anointing, but it is the Logos, or the very attribute of God. It is the Holy Spirit, God Himself. In a unique form, in the midst of the church, to do a purpose, and that purpose is to get us ready and change us by the renewing of our mind, and this light will take us into another dimension, incarnating Himself in the physical body of Jesus and receive us unto himself at the marriage supper of the Lamb. This revelation now of these, the messenger, a prophet, and another prophet, prophet and another prophet. The Word comes to a prophet. The Logos comes to a prophet. The prophet is only the vessel that the Logos ministers through. So the one that you're hearing and the one that's doing the works is not the physical man. It is the light. 
That is the same principle in the person of Jesus 2,000 years ago. If 2,000 years ago, if we had a, a photograph available, you would see Jesus in a light, not above him, but that light would be living in him. And Jesus said, it's not me that's doing the works. It is my Father which dwelleth in me. Now, if Jesus said, it is my Father that dwelleth in me, it proves to the point that if God is one like your finger, he could not be a father. To be a father, you've got to have an offspring. You've got to have children. To have children, you have to give birth or a process to bring those children into manifestation. And that's what we're looking at. This pillar of fire, the Son of God, the Holy Spirit, now representing God himself. And God is the prophet of this age that is with you this morning. He said, well, Brother Branham's gone. He's been gone for 50 years, but the prophet is still here. Now, when I say the prophet, I'm speaking about God himself. God is his own prophet. This man had to decrease, and the light has to increase. The only way the light can increase is by revelation, fulfilling Ephesians 1, 15 to 17 or 23. Because this light is the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of himself. The knowledge of himself, seeing that he is here and the spiritual form of the Logos is the mystery and it is the revelation for the rapture. The rapture is a revelation. The revelation of the rapture is there is only one God, the Father, and one only begotten Son, Jesus the Messiah. Now the mystery of the rapture is who is here. To bring, raise the dead, change our bodies, and present us as a bride to the Jesus in the air. Coming right back to Psalms 110.1. The Lord said unto my Lord, sit thee on my right hand until I make thy enemies thy footstool. Amen. This is the mystery. This is the controversy of today. Who is Jesus? Who is the Father? Who's here? What's going to take place? How do we get out of here? We find many that was in the message for years. Could not separate the man from the light. They kept thinking that the light was the man and the man failed them. Because they found out while he made a mistake, he lied. He was a man. He did not lie. If I tell a story and I say five instead of six and seven instead of four, then that's a lie that eliminates me of being a prophet. It does not. He was a man. He couldn't make mistakes. He was only used by the light. Now, when the man goes, we thank God for the light. I'm calling it to the light because that's what it is, the light. We shall walk in the light as he is in the light, as he is the light. God has given us enough time to filter our minds away from the physical vessel, the prophet or the messenger of this age, bringing us under headship to himself. God the Word. And he's following now. So the principal uh, person of the entire Bible, in the beginning was God. At the end it will be God. It will be the great Holy Spirit revealing himself in a form. And that form has always been a light. Moses saw it. Abraham saw it. All the prophets saw it. This light led the children of Israel for so many years. This light appeared uh, at the baptism of Jesus. Uh, 
So this is my beloved Son in whom I'm pleased to dwell in. And the light, we follow the light in Jesus. He took Jesus to the right hand of the Father. The light turns around and comes back down on the day of Pentecost and works through seven church ages and is still here now fulfilling His purpose and plan. That is to take headship in the church. What I mean headship is His Word is predominant. His Word is sovereign. That is our authority. That is our absolute. God is our head. The Word, Logos, God Himself, the Spirit is our head. He is our leader. And He is here, still here, as the teacher. Now you've got to remember the Pentecostal part of this plan is over. Brother Bambi said it's over. Pentecostal age is over. The Pentecostal age was only a part of the plan of restoration to climax in a resurrection and a rapture. We are there. As I said, we have already been put in our place. We're only waiting for the politics, for the country, economy, to move into its proper place for us to be caught away. And then two prophets come back to Israel. And that's what all your Chrismatics and Pentecostals and the message people are looking for. Back to Pentecost, back to the hoop, hoop, back to supernatural, back, back, back. No, no, no. They're looking forward to the two prophets. Brother Branham said the Pentecostal move was over. You had your last sign. There will not be another prophet, not another messenger. You're looking at two prophets, Moses and Elijah, coming to Israel. So, will there still be gifts? Yes. Will God still heal us? Yes. Will He still lead us? Yes. Is all those things available to us? Absolutely. By us recognizing the presence of God Himself. Confessing, God, You're here. Now would you please heal my body in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Brother Bram said, if you only realized who I was, you would be healed and take this message for your healing. And the message is God Himself is present. That's the reason we stress the presence. The presence is only an English word for the word perusia or presence. That's what perusia means. Presence. We found through the study, if you'll study the Bible, New Testament, there's promised an arrival of the pillar of fire, the Holy Ghost Himself, called the perusia of Christ, and during that period of time, He's going to accomplish certain things, and we get the words full out. It all looks like someone coming down the road, coming down the road, coming down the road. That has been fulfilled step by step. Now, the revelation of that secret coming and process of the Holy Spirit Himself is the key to the revelation of the rapture. You are caught up in the revelation of God Himself. Remember, there's not one thing in human man that can help you. God uses a man. He speaks to a man. But man himself cannot do one thing for you. Jesus could not do one thing for you. Brother Branham could not do one thing for you. Paul could not do one thing for you. It is God using the vessel that does the works. So he should get the attention and he should get the preeminence. All right. So we're looking at our scripture to read a, a text this morning. John 14 Verse 16 to 21. And we're simply calling the fourth light. And just to clarify our teaching on the coming of the Lord. The appearing, the epiphania, the phantom, all this apocalyptus, the third pool. All those words are climaxed down into a revelation of God Himself. 
People looking for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. God himself is here. And he is taking us as a bride to his son to present us as a chaste virgin to his son that he promised by the covenant before the foundation of the world. And he is following now. So God himself, the Holy Spirit, is here working in among us and in us. And any ounce of light that you get on the scriptures coming from the Spirit of God Himself. You say, well, Brother Greg, you write the notes. What more you teach us? He wrote it down. I'm only repeating. I'm only a vessel looking it up, repeating it. I do not get revelation directly from God. No five-fold minister does. If he says it does, he's a liar. Only a vindicated prophet, one chosen by God to that age, can receive a direct revelation from God Himself. He receives it, and He speaks through His lips things that He don't even understand Himself. He speaks them as thus saith the Lord, and God vindicates that it's true. Fivefold ministry must hear what has been spoken. Without the prophet speaking these things, there would be no way that I could get up here and write a note or speak them with any confidence of them being true. I would only have to read you the Bible and tell you a story like John MacArthur and keep reading John 3.16, John 3.16, because that's all I would be able to know. The Bible is closed up to all except a vindicated prophet who is inspired to read the Word and have a unique revelation or bring a new message to a people for this age. A fivefold ministry is also a unique individual. He's the Son of God like everybody else. He's got the baptism of the Holy Ghost like anyone else. But he has just a different anointing that gives him the ability to, to hear. And therefore the perseverance to sit down, put it down, break it down to our language. Telling you the same thing that the Spirit spoke through the prophet. Broken down in a little story form or a little manner form to, to the education level of the congregation. So that you can understand exactly what the prophet has said. Therefore, when you understand it and you speak it in your language to your children, what more? If you keep the doctrine right and the word light, you're saying, you're saying exactly what God spoke to the prophet. Just carries right down. So a fivefold ministry understands by hearing. You understand by hearing. We hear and therefore we understand. And therefore by anointing of God, a little measure then you'd be able to minister what we're trying to do this morning to the congregation. But we're all on the same level as sons and daughters of God in one body called the revealed word. So here in John 14, it says, And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. If English means anything, Jesus said he was going to pray to his Father. If Jesus prays to his Father, then he must have a Father, and his Father is God. And he said his Father was our Father, because we are to pray our Father which art in heaven. So God is our Father, or he is the source of life to every son of God on this earth that's ever been born or ever will be born. We were all in Adam. Now then all in Christ shall be made alive. I want you to see a principle of seed, and the Godhead will become uh, fairly simple. Watch. Even the Spirit of truth. Now, who is the Spirit of truth? None other than God Himself. 
whom the world cannot receive. Why? How come the world cannot receive the Spirit of truth? Because it seeth him not. Well, how can you see something that's invisible, a spirit? Seeing means understand. They cannot understand spiritual reality. Why can't they? All the way back into Cain, he said, I'm going to give you an identity. I'm going to hide you from the world. If he hides Cain from the world, he also hides himself from Cain. Cain can never figure out who he is. And once you kind of insinuate that he's serpent seed, he gets mad and tries to kill you. He can never accept it. When Jesus said, you are your father the devil, they sought to kill him. They cannot accept or receive the thought that they are of the wrong seed. All right, so watch it. I will not leave you comfortless. Now, who is doing the speaking to these people? There is Jesus. You say, well, is Jesus talking to them? It is not Jesus the man speaking to them. It is the Father, the Spirit that's dwelling in him. He's the one that's doing the talking. You say, well, it was Jesus' voice. It was Brother Branham's voice, too. Sister Mita said when that light come down on the Ohio River in 1933, it sounded like thunders or some. And when the voice said, your message shall forerun my second coming, she said, Brother Branham, he said, that was your voice that I heard. Some heard it, some didn't hear it. Some saw the light, heard the noise. Some heard the noise and didn't see the light. You say, well, that's a paradox. It's still a paradox. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Now, if God kept his word through the person of Jesus Christ, who come to the people on the day of Pentecost? On the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit come down in a pillar of fire, separated itself, and indwelt each one of the 120. All right. Yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more. But ye see me, because I live, you shall live also. Now here's the key right here, because that day is this day now. That day is the day. We looked through all the scriptures. We read it over and over. The days of Noah, the days of Lot. The days of the Son of Man and the day when the Son of Man is revealed, Luke 17, 30. This is speaking of that day, that unique, specific time period where God Himself is here as the Holy Spirit. Prophet's already gone now. He's here as the Holy Spirit, the revealed Word, making Himself known to and through and in the people till one day you look in the mirror of the Word of God and say, that's me. The end revelation is that you understand that you are the Word manifested in flesh. That soul, that gene in you that has the ability to hear, that had the power to raise you up out of bed this morning and bring you into this building, is the Spirit of God living in you. That is that dual person of which you are made up of. If I had my rathers this morning, I'd just stayed in bed. Eat breakfast, went to St. Louis, got on an airplane, fly to Canada or fly to Mexico where it's warm. But there was somebody else in me said, you got to get up this morning. You got an obligation to go minister to the people. Then you can go where you want to go. Come on. How many, how many in your flesh, and don't lie, 
felt like you'd just rather stay home this morning. If you're honest, almost most of us. Amen. That don't say too much about my preaching, does it? You'd rather be honest, though, anyway. Amen. There's two people in you. I'm glad the one that we're talking about won over your body this morning. We some, see some people that he didn't win over their body. Not my will, but thy will be done. On Sunday morning, you say, not my will, but thy will be done. I guarantee you'll get up and come to church if you're able. Amen. At that day, which is the key now, notice how it's written. At that day, you shall know that I am in my Father. And ye in me, and I in you. Now, that's what we ought to know. That is the key to the rapture right there. So what you're looking at, if I can just put it plainly, carnally speaking, a man is actually born of the seed of his father through the bedding ground of his mother. Hammy understands natural birth. All right. Once the seed life leaves the father, joined with the egg and makes, uh, forms another body, that life now is an individual. That life come out of the father, but that life was not the father himself. So if I have a child, which is a daughter, she's got my life in her. Because my life is what produced the life that she has. But she, being a man, if she was a man, she would have life in herself to reproduce herself again, which my life would still be in the grandsons and grandsons. Life is in the male. How many knows that? Here's the principle of seed here that explains the Godhead. The Logos was in God. God birthed forth himself a seed, a son. In that son was the ability to have sons or life within himself. So he's saying at this day, this hour now, this mystery of God, condescending, unfolding himself down to human flesh in a body called the body of Christ, we would understand in this day that I am in the Father, the Logos was in the Father, which we call Jesus. Now Jesus is in us, and we are in Jesus. We come out just like the principle of seed. How many can understand? I'm a father, I'm a husband, I'm a son, I'm all these things, but I have an individual life. But if I reproduce another son, that's another life, and he has life within himself. So God had life within him, and he gave power to the son. To have life in himself. So therefore we are the offspring or the seed of Jesus Christ the Son of God. Amen. We are the lost generation. Because Jesus didn't have any children. We are the lost generation or that last generation of, Je of Jesus' seed. Made up at the end time of everyone that was in him. From the crucifixion, day of Pentecost all the way to the last one. That is the generation or the seed of Jesus Christ. We are heirs with him and joint heirs with Christ. Now, this is the principle here of seed. Life in itself produces itself, then it has life in itself to produce itself. The product is the glory or the fruit of that seed. You, what I see, is the glory of the life that made you into this form. Jesus now was the very image, he was the expression of 
of the life that was in the seed that created him. And that life in that seed was God himself. So therefore you say, well, Jesus is God. If Jesus is God, he could not have a father. If there is a father God, and Jesus calls God his father, then God has to have offspring or children. You cannot be children without being a father. Not like this, uh, the Pentecostal fundamentals say, well, we're out here as renegades. We know life in us, and God just feels sorry for us and picks us out of a litter of some kind, cleans us up, and adopts us into his family. Not so. Our life come all the way out of God, period. The soul that made your body, that put you here this morning, is the very life of Almighty God. So we have been looking now at the presence or the perusia of Christ. Now when I say the perusia of Christ, I'm talking about the arrival and that, of that pillar of fire and what that pillar of fire done while he was here using the vessel of a prophet. And what I want you to see this morning, that Brother Branham was the third prophet or that third earthly angel, but he said there is four messengers that restores four great prophets, making the pillar of fire the fourth prophet, God himself. That's the one he said was still here. That's the one he said would increase as he had to decrease, this fourth one would increase. We're not looking for another messenger man. We have God the prophet, the word himself, revealing himself, by himself, of himself, in his own body. Only God can make himself known to each individual. And the revelation of Jesus Christ, the Logos, God himself, is the understanding or the cause of the new birth. That is the new birth, the revelation of Jesus Christ personally to you. And that revelation of the faith that was once delivered to the saints was what? There is only one God. I keep repeating over and over. And one only begotten Son called the Lamb who paid the price of redemption by shedding His own blood and become the mediator or the high priest of our faith in heaven with the Father. So we're looking at the perusia or the presence, what we call the presence. It is called the appearing of the Logos. The appearing of the Lord. The Lord there is not Jesus, the glorified man that sits upon the Father's throne at this moment. It is the Father Himself. Remember, Jesus still sits on the throne. And we've had the Lord Himself descend from heaven and come down here in the midst of the church. To make himself known. Remember when Jesus come at first in the body. He come to make the father known. He didn't reveal himself. I come to make the father known. This time the father comes to make the son known. To bring forth his plan of redemption of two thrones. One in heaven. One on earth. Like the brother said the other day. Disputing or trying to come out too low. He said there's not two thrones in heaven. There don't need to be two thrones in heaven because there's not two gods there at any time. There is the Lord Messiah there. The glorified man sits on the Father's throne today. And then when he took the book, he handed it to the one on the throne, which is this Logos, this light. This light come down with the open book in his hand, Revelation 10, 1. 
So God Himself comes down here while Revelation 10, 7, a messenger, a chosen man was here on earth at the time of this coming. Don't get them messed up or you're going to miss the whole thing. I hear men of this message now preach about looking for the coming of the Lord, looking for the coming of the Lord, denying the Perusia. I, I thought surely by now they'd be able to understand what the prophet taught by reading the tapes. The Perusia is the message of the hour. He is here. That is the key to the rapture. You will not make the rapture without a revelation of the presence of Almighty God. If you're looking for Jesus to come, you're going to miss it. You're going to miss it by three and a half years, and you're going to be dead when He comes. Because there's only three scriptures, we put them in your lesson last week. There's only three scriptures that bear to the second coming of the physical man, Jesus. The one that went away in the cloud, resurrected Christ, is promised to come back in the cloud. He, come out, he went up in the cloud, which was the Old Testament saints. He comes back in a cloud of Revelation 19 with the New Testament saints. He went up in a physical body. He will return in a physical body. But when he returns in a physical body, will be after two prophets has struck this earth with the curses and everything else. And there will be 144,000 uh, called out. And we will come back with him on white horses, which is chargers. And out of the mouth of God comes the wrath of Almighty God to wipe out the whole thing. So don't look for the physical coming of Jesus. You don't want to be here. You want to be up there with Him and then come back. So the revelation of the rapture is the key to Brother Brandle's message. That's what his message was all about. My ministry is to declare to you that He, God Himself, is here to change your body to take you to the marriage supper of the Lamb. That is the message. So when you hear ministers say they go through, well, the two souls and that Perusia junk, the Perusia, though, they do not have an ounce of the Holy Ghost about them. Not one ounce. You say, well, you're intellectual. It comes to the mind by hearing. But you've got to let the mind be open to what you hear and take it back to the Scripture and let the Holy Spirit teach you because that Spirit is now our teacher. We have no need that any man teach you anymore. I cannot teach you nothing. I can put it before you. I can put the food out here. But you have to eat it. You have to digest it. You have to meditate on it. You have to let the process of faith work in your own mind and your own body. And I say, unless we begin to still come back, it's got to come back out of your mouth as a confession to seal it to your own faith. As long as we sit on this message and not let it come out of our mouth to make it real, to confirm it to your own revelation, you're still lacking something. One day we'll have to have enough confidence in who God tells us that we are to believe it. You say, what if I'm not? Well, what's the difference and what if I'm not and you not being the, I'd rather take my chance of confessing that I am because if I miss it, I just miss it anyway because if I'm not, I miss it anyhow. So I'd rather take a chance on faith because the Bible said out of my mouth I'll be justified or condemned. So I'm not going to condemn myself out of my mouth. I may brag on myself a little bit too much, and God forgive us for that. But if I confess that I'm one of His, and will not back down on my confession I'm one of His, He'll put me in there one of His somewhere in the economy of God. 
So don't condemn yourself by speaking doubt, negativism. I don't understand. I don't believe. I don't believe that on and on and on. Just say, this is what the prophet said. I believe it. I got to take a, a chance on somebody. And he's the only one I've seen in the last hundred years that had any contact with God whatsoever. Well, Brother Branham was a liar. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Jesus. I, I, just, I just kind of draw up a little bit when I hear men calling Brother Branham a liar. So we're looking at this term, the presence of the perusia of Christ, the appearing. What he's done, and this is what Brother Branham called, we read it two weeks ago. This is what Brother Branham is speaking of as the secret coming of Christ. He's not talking about the man. He's talking about the secret coming of the Logos, which is the same one that come when Jesus himself was here. He promised to repeat the same ministry to the Gentiles that he gave to the Jews. All right, what ministry did he give to the Jews? He had a special man born. We know it was a Messiah, Redeemer, served a different purpose. But he had a man born, and the pillar of fire came to him, identified him, took his residence up in him, and the man revealed the one in him by the works and the words that he said. When this man went into the garden of Gethsemane, God left him. He went right back to a pillar of fire, right back into a light, ascended up in heaven, and Jesus went to Calvary as a mortal man. He was not born of a woman, therefore he had no sin, or he bypassed the original sin. But he was mortal. Now being mortal, he could take our sins upon him as a sacrifice. So all those that identify with him as a sacrifice becomes as he is, so are we here. So when God, everybody say God, God raised Jesus from the grave. God raised him up. He did not raise himself up. God raised up Jesus from the, gra- of the grave. The Holy Spirit quickened him, quickened that soul. It wasn't one like your finger. He went here and went down here and one man. No, no, no. It's, there's two entities. There's a father and there is a son. It's not hard to see father and son. And you can only get to the father by receiving the son. Because you can never see the invisible God. You only see his works, hear his words, his vindication through the one that you're looking at. But you've got to look past the physical and see the invisible. Because God is looking for those to worship Him in spirit and in truth. And the world cannot receive the spirit of truth. They cannot receive one God and one only begotten Son, Jesus the Messiah. If there's a f- people in here, if you believe that, you are the small majority of the entire human race. You go find me on internet or any call, anywhere else where a group of people believes in one God and one only begotten Son of God, the Messiah. And you can count them on one hand. I seen a little website the other day that repeated something I thought I just got through saying. So I thought, wonder who this guy is. That sounds almost like the truth. Got to checking it down, checking it down. I think he was in New Zealand somewhere. 
But he was a believer and he had the revelation. One man. On his little website down here, I looked see, well, how many likes? Maybe he got 10,000 followers. There was not one. I checked it like I agree. Thumbs up. You got it, brother. Stay with it. There's one of us over here in Missouri, too. Come on. There may be one in Germany. I don't know. There may be one in Africa. I don't know. But the, as it was in the days of Noah, eight souls. There's not, to me, it doesn't mean buying, selling, all this crap. It means how many? Eight souls was working on the ark and had the revelation of truth. Reduce that down one more and you got Enoch, which represents the group that's going to take a rapture. It is very, very few and very, very simple. There's only one God. And His name is the Lord Jesus Christ. He had one son. He named Jesus the Messiah. That's the revelation of this hour. That was what the message was all about, to reveal the sonship and the Godhood of Almighty God. So here we call the secret coming. This secret coming is not the physical Jesus. Because I, I tell you what, after you go through two prophets for three and a half years, the secret coming is not a secret anymore. Three and a half years of tribulation before Jesus shows up, the man shows up. And if we make it through that, I say, well, I'm going to make it through the first three and a half years so I can uh, go into rapture. That's the Baptist doctrine. You're not going to make it through three and a half years of tribulation. You're not going to make it 15 minutes through the tribulation. They're already after you. They're trying to hunt you down right now. Don't you understand all this politics is not capitalism, socialism, all that. It's about Catholicism and Christianity. They're after the Christian faith. That's what they're after. Praise God. I'm a you're talking about a squeeze. The way this thing is going, and don't be surprised, we're trying to vote in a communist. I listened to three preachers debate this morning about uh, uh, communism and socialism. Amazing, the black minister was all for socialism because they said it was sounded like Jesus. Jesus took from the rich and gave to the poor. He took the bread over here and fed. They look at it as this gimme, 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 this free care stuff. Jesus was not a socialist. Come out. He said, you got the poor with you always. You can't feed everybody. You can't clothe everybody. And Jesus didn't heal everybody. He's not a capitalist either. He's a king. He wants to rule and reign. Will he provide for us? Absolutely. Will he feed us? Absolutely. Will he clothe us? Absolutely. Will he be a physician? Absolutely. Will his government be fair? Absolutely. Will it be a one percenter there? Absolutely. Him. He'll own a hundred percent. Oh, that's socialism. That's right out of the pits of hell. Socialism, communism, Catholicism is all the same thing. It's against the one true God and His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And remember, two of these characters are Jews. Wall Street Jews. Read what Brother Bram said about the Wall Street Jews. It's not the 144,000 over there that you've got to worry about. They're the true Israelites. They're elected of God. It's these Wall Street Jews that confiscate all the money that the world hates. How does one man confiscate $60 billion dollars? From setting up there manipulating funds and stocks and bonds and whatever and more ripping people off. How can one man accumulate $60 billion? They think he's got that much or more. And his interest, he said, oh, he spent, he spent $100 million. That's only interest for one week. I agree with Bernie Sanders. That's too much for any man to have as long as you give me half of it. 
But I don't worry about him having 60 billion. He's a renegade Jew, denies Christianity, denies Jesus. I know where he's going. And his money's going to stay exactly where it's at. He's not going to take nothing with him except, oh, help me, Jesus, when he gets over there and starts. Money don't mean nothing today. Come on. The revelation of God being the same yesterday, today, and forever. A light is here to lead us to the rapture, the marriage supper. That is our goal. That is our vision. That is our testimony. That is our faith. So he's looking at this secret coming. The secret coming to me, he showed up at the, at, you know, I was reading a, uh, a website, basically, William Branham, false prophet. It's amazing how many of them you can read. And this guy was, I think he was a Trinitarian apostolic because he said he was a Trinitarian. And Brother Branham was a false prophet because he was not a Trinitarian. And <laughs> he, knew all about, he knew all about this. He told the history of where he was born. He knew more about Brother Branham than Branham I do. His end conclusion was that he was false. He even, he even related the story how a light come in at a little cabin at his birth. How many knows that this light come into the cabin at Brother Brown's birth and hung over his crib? He said, see, uh, there was a light come at his birth. He didn't denounce it. And he followed this light, took it all the way through, and then come out, oh, he's false. He's, he's a false devil. If there was a light that come over my crib when I was born, I'd be trying to find out what light that was. And he deduced that light of being a false devil, a wiki follower or something, because Brother Brown's parents were fortune tellers. Now, where he got all that information, I don't know. But my conclusion was I followed that light I seen him heal the sick and open blinded eyes. I read the occasion and listened to the tapes in the meeting when he said, Your name is Miss Waldrop. You've had migraine headaches all your life, but you'll never have another one. And how old was Grandma? 20, 85 years old at that time. She never had another one at 90 something. Jonesboro, Arkansas, 25 miles from us, when 40,000 people showed up and there was healed. The blind girl was there, a little black girl healed a blind sight. You can say all you want to. You can say all the miracles, they were all wonderful, they were all fine. But I don't look at the miracles. I don't look at the blind eyes. I don't even look at the cripple. But when that man opened this Bible and said, Thus saith the Lord, this is the Scripture, and God proved it by bringing to pass what He said, that's what I believe. Oh, you believe, Brother Brown? I believe that He was the voice, and I heard God speak to me through His Word. And made this Bible, which is God in letter form. He come to life in me in a person and made Jesus Christ real to me. That's what I believe. And I believe by hearing that voice under that anointing on the tape. And if you want to feel the anointing, just turn on the tape. That anointing is on the tapes. I'll agree with that. But that anointing will quicken your heart, open your mind, Relax your spirit. Get all these evil away from you where the word can come right down in your soul and you'll say, Amen. I can't explain it. I don't know how I believe it, but there's something in me that agrees with this voice. I don't have it all figured out. I don't understand all the doctrines. I don't understand 90% of this Bible. But I understand and know of it that he promised to send the spirit of Elijah in this hour. And he privileged me to be alive and recognize it and be able to minister that he is here. 
That's what I believe. So we're looking at this secret coming. I'm not talking about the secret coming of Jesus. I'm talking about the secret coming of this light. That light appeared over his crib. Then we know about the commission of the Ohio River, 1933. That same light. Article went up through Canada. A light appears over a local Baptist preacher. Voice said, as John the Baptist forerun my first coming, so shall your message forerun my second coming. All right, if John the Baptist forerun his first coming, whose coming was he forerunning? Whose coming did John the Baptist forerun? You saw Jesus. Jesus was there. He was his cousin. They was together for 30 years. They were cousins. It's all in the family. That's the reason they didn't believe John. Oh, that's a, that's a family setup. But the Spirit said, the one that you see the anointing rests upon, that's the one I've chosen. And he said, behold. Brother Bam said, John believed that the Messiah was real, so, there so real that he said, behold, the Lamb of God. And he turned, and there come Jesus walking. And he said, I see the light come down. That is the Messiah. There's the one right there. In other words, who? There's the one that the anointing of the light that spoke to me, that's the one that he's dwelling in right now. If you want to hear God, follow that man right there. So John the Baptist forerun the first coming of the Logos to the Jews. You say, well, they forerun Jesus. He did. The man, the pillar of fire and the man are one. It's hard to separate the two. But when that one come, that one come. The man could not come and do anything unless the pillar of fire chose him to be here at the same time. There is no man that can do anything without the anointing of the Holy Spirit. They're working through him. That's what's so deceiving about the false anointed ones. They are anointed by the same Holy Spirit that you have. They use the Scripture, and they get in the anointing, they get in the Spirit, and it is the Spirit of God. But their teaching is leading the people to false gods. Their doctrine is false, making them false apostles, false prophets. You say, how can they have the Holy Ghost doing something? Nobody can heal or nobody can do any miracle outside of God Himself. But you can put, we can get in the spirit this morning. We can pump ourselves up. He's here. Praise God. We can get going. And I tell you, the emotion will work you up and break through the realm of faith and people will be healed. I've seen it time and time and time again. But when, when well, you see a man stand there, all silent, I take every spirit here under my control, dead silence. He said, don't you see that light over that woman right there? That black shadow, shadow to death. They took a picture, and there's the black shadow. You can see it. He said, this woman over here has got the same thing. That demon is screaming for help from this demon over here. They try to join together, get stronger and stronger. In the name of Jesus Christ, broke it. It was gone. They took a picture, no cloud, gone, delivered. A man cannot do that. People build the man up because the man is the only one they can see. But the works is you're seeing God. If you can't believe me, believe the works. Glory to God. Now I challenge any Pentecostal charismatic. There's not a one that's out there that can do anything except speak in tongues and run up and down the floor. United Pentecost is zipped. They're gone. 
All they preach is legalism, long hair, and speaking in tongues. They don't have any power for nothing. They can't even get a hoop to do and a banjo going anymore. The one that's Pentecost never produced nothing. Every false prophet out there that's drawn a cloud is a Trinitarian. They preaches other gods. And Deuteronomy 13 says if a prophet come and preach something and has a sign and it come to pass. But it leads you to other gods. He's a false prophet. Oh, well, they got, they got true signs. Absolutely. But if you notice, they all tell you, I'm a prophet, I'm a prophet, I'm a prophet, I'm a prophet. I'm the man, I'm the man, I got the anointing, follow me, follow me. You never heard Brother Bram say that. It's amazing that all the false ones only point to themselves and their letters and their church and their this and what they're doing, their ministries, their crowds. And they never speak about anybody else. And a true one comes by that they couldn't even hold his Bible. If they stood on the pulpit with Brother Bram, they'd probably drop dead. And then now after he's gone, 35 or 40 years after he's gone, can't do nothing about it. They call him a liar, false prophet, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Oh, they can react their lips now. But one day I guarantee you that other one is going to come back. The Holy Spirit is going to ride this trail again in the form of a bride. And we'll have the word in our mouth. You wait and see before we go out of here. The anointing to take us out of here will close the mouth of the gainsayers. He's going to close their mouths. Now, so this secret coming is not the secret coming of Jesus the man. It's this light. And he comes to a little Kentucky hillbilly. Didn't come to Billy Graham or Oral Roberts or some of these great speakers. He come to a, a hillbilly that couldn't even talk good. Listen to Brother Bam. He'll stutter around, can't, can't tell stories. And you think, my Lord, Brother Bam, get on with the story. Tell me, get on with the sermon. And the time he's done, you say, what did he tell me? He told you what he wanted you to hear. He said, I preach in such a way to cause some to stumble, some to ponder, some to go out, some to this, some to that. And I guarantee you, if you're not elected, you filter through that sermon, you'll, you'll be a oneness, you'll be a two-ness, you'll, you'll be a seven thunder, you'll be this, you'll be a second of life, you'll be anything that you want to be. But if you'll filter through that and say, amen, Brother Branham, thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Give me revelation, Lord. Give me revelation. It'll filter out. And you say, oh, that was right. Oh, this is where he went. And you follow him right on through there. That little small line right on through all the message until you come out with the revelation and you'll see Jesus Christ in him alone. Jesus Christ in him alone. I'm talking about that light. That's what the subject is about. I read over here, people said, uh, I guess uh, uh, I'm rambling a little more, a little bit. All oh, the church age with Brother Lee Vale's book, the church age is false, the church age is false. I hadn't found one or two ministers that even read the church age book because, oh, Brother Lee wrote it, Brother Lee is false, false, false. The reason they don't like the church age book in there is because Brother Branham said in there, only seed can be reborn. Now, that's, that is a predestination, Calvinistic, Doctrine. And every Pentecost that I know is an Armenian legalist. Works. That by their standards, Jesus should have went to hell and stayed there. Jesus could not pass the holiness standard of some of these Branhamites. Boy, he got awful quiet. You're not going to live by them anyway, so you better start looking for some grace. Come on. You, you know you're not living the law that Brother Brown preached. And you can't live the law that he preached. 
forcing you to find some kind of salvation and rest outside of yourself, which is the election and predestination of Almighty God, God's grace revealed to you. You never sinned in the first place, little bride. Come on. I'm trying to tell you, God himself stood here in human flesh and told you that there was no sin laid to your charge, period. Praise God. If we can't shout hallelujah over that, what are you going to shout about? Praise the Lord. Amen. If he said I'm free, then I am free. You can't get no better gospel than that. Well, I know how bad I am. Shut up and listen to the voice inside of you. Well, that is the voice inside of you. Then get, repent, and let the Holy Ghost drive that devil out of you and have another voice in there talking to you. The mystery. <laughs> Amen. I love him, don't you? The mystery is how he comes and when he comes. Now, we're trying to distinguish who he's talking about. He's not talking, I'll repeat over and over, he's not talking about Jesus that was nailed on the cross. He's not talking about Jesus, the physical man with nail prints in his hand. He's not talking about the glorified one that God raised from the dead and he sent it in the clouds and set it at the right hand of the Father. He's not talking about the secret coming of that one. That one is not a secret coming. Every eye shall see him. Every eye on earth shall see him. And those that pierced him, which is Israel, also the Gentiles that crucified the word afresh and put him to open shame, that heard the witness of a prophet, seen the sign of the Messiah, discerning the thoughts and intents of the heart, speaking the word and creating. They saw the sign. They recognized the presence. Tommy Osborne said, God come down from heaven, and he spoke to us through that man. But that same one went and preached a Trinitarian gospel, went right back to creeds and dogmas of Pentecost. He didn't see it. They only saw an anointing on a man. They didn't understand the Scripture. They didn't understand that the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, a message of command. And that voice was not the voice of the one descended. The voice that you heard was the voice of Revelation 10, 7, which was the man talking to you by in the inspiration of that light. When you said that man is a liar, you better be careful. You might be calling that light a liar. Churches have got these, that picture in their church hanging on the walls. And I have heard, I hadn't heard any of them be able to tell me who that light is yet. Oh, that was uh, anointing. That was an angel. That was this and that was that. It was God himself. Now, give me about 10 minutes. Now, last week we stopped off. And I know this is repeating, but if you repeat it long enough, we'll get it. Or you'll just forget it and won't believe nothing. All right? Brother Branham plainly told you over and over there was a difference between the coming of the Lord and the appearing of the Lord. He said here in Convinced and Concerned. That's a good title for what he's saying. Because what is he trying to convince them of? He's trying to convince them that he is here, not he the man, 
Christ himself, the pillar of fire, the Son of God, is here. Okay. John was so sure that he was going to see the Messiah till he said he's in our midst now. Now watch. There's a great big difference in the sign of Jesus appearing and then Jesus coming. Notice he calls both of them Jesus. When this pillar of fire appeared to Paul, he come as the light. And the light, he asked, who are you? He asked the light, who are you? And the light said, I am Jesus whom you crucify or persecute. You say, see, there's one like your finger. No. There's a father whose name is Jehovah Savior. There's a son whose name is Jesus the Messiah. The Lord said unto my Lord, one of them is God, and one of them is the only begotten created Son of God. You've got to keep those two separate in their proper place, or you'll not be able to place the prophet correctly. Therefore, your revelation for the rapture will be messed up, and you will miss it. The difference between father and son, who's doing the work, their roles, who's doing the work, who's here, what's going on, is the key or the revelation for the rapture. He is here is the key for the rapture. He started simply, my ministry is to declare. How did he declare? He declared it by the spoken word. He declared it by preaching. He declared it by vision. He declared it by miracles. He declared it by word, speaking, story. He declared it every way that could be declared that the one who was here was God. And he plainly told you, I'm just your brother. You know good and well. I can't heal you. I can't do nothing. I was only there when he done it. I'm just only a voice speaking to you. Now, since these high-powered intellectual idiots couldn't figure out how Brother Branham was that pillar of fire, and they couldn't separate what he was saying, they said he was false. There's a difference. They are two words altogether, the appearing of the Lord and the coming of the Lord. Now, the appearing of the Lord is now. This was 1963. So Brother Branham is telling you that God himself was present in the midst of the church doing something. That's 62. It's a long time ago. When he's appearing in his people, his spirit working among them, proving that it's him with them, getting them ready for the rapture. Watch. For the coming of the Lord to catch away his bride. Boy, it like he's Speaking double jeopardy there. All he done was quoted you 1 Thessalonians 4, 16. The Lord himself is there among us with a shout of the message. To bring a resurrection. To catch us up under the anointing. To meet the Lord Jesus in the air. That's exactly what he's saying. There are two forms that you must keep separate. The light and the physical body. The Holy Spirit and man. You cannot see the Holy Spirit. You may feel His presence. You may see His works. But you will never see the Holy Spirit or God because He's invisible and He is Spirit. How many understands that now? So you'll only see God through an individual person. Amen. The Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. As I said, the shout means a voice or somebody a breath. 
The one that is speaking is not the one that descended. Revelation 10, 7, or the third messenger, the prophet, William Branham, was the voice of this fourth angel, the Lord himself, that comes down here to restore the church and fulfill his word, turn our hearts back to the faith of the fathers for the rapture. See, then we were alive, shall meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. There are two lords. You can slice it any way you want to, but one is down here, and we rise to meet one in the air. One is spiritual, a light. One is a glorified man. A glorified man in which the light moves into and incarnates himself in that glorified man and receives us unto himself in the person of Jesus Christ. Amen. The Lord himself. Now watch. So the appearing is one in the, in the other one. I want to touch this over here. I'll give you some words there. Do words. Look at the different words. But I want just a few minutes. Restoration of the bride tree. You can go listen to the message. I'll say it as fast as I know how. Brother Brown plainly told you out of Joel. There was four death messengers that basically took the tree of life. We're still on the tree of life. Began to eat away the tree of life. And brought it all the way down to the roots. Jesus is that tree of life. And he begins to tell you that there shall be uh, four messengers. That eats the tree of life and brings it all the way down. Four messengers of dogma kill the tree, all but the roots. And if four messengers of death kill the tree, four messengers of life restores the tree. Four messengers of life restores the tree. Let me read this quote for you in, uh, before we look at that. And in the evening time it shall be light. In the evening time there shall be a light. That brings light to the church, right? Watch. That's when Christ, the Holy Spirit, Jesus, comes down and sets himself at the head of the church then. And he will resurrect this church, being his own body. Is In there is the body. Watch. Statue of a perfect man. But the Elijah of this day is the Lord Jesus Christ. Everybody's saying, Brother Bram's Elijah. The Elijah of this day is the Lord Jesus Christ. Brother Branham was only the physical expression. Elijah the Tishbite was only the spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ or God anointing him, making himself known through that prophet. Every time you have five comings of the Elijah spirit, it is the Lord Jesus Christ coming and manifesting himself in and through a man. The man is not Elijah. John the Baptist was not Elijah. But he had the spirit of Elijah upon him. We're promised one in our day with the spirit of Elijah upon him to come with the shout to turn our hearts right back to the faith of the fathers. And the faith of the fathers was one true God and one Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God. So the man, the vessel, is not Elijah the Holy Spirit or the light, God Himself, is the Spirit of Elijah. Therefore, the Elijah of this day is the Lord Jesus Christ Himself, that light. Watch, four messengers. And He tells them here that they are a prophet. Watch, there was four. Four death messengers killed that tree. He, he names them. Palmer worm, locust, caterpillar, Canker worm, caterpillar, right. Four messengers of Roman devils killed the tree. 
One took his fruit, one took his bark, one took his leave, one took the life. Is that right? Amen. Now watch, four messengers of the dogma killed the tree, all but the roots. And if four messengers of death killed the tree, four messengers of life restores the tree. Four messengers of life. Who are the four messengers? Here's where they, we get it all messed up. Now watch. He said, do you get it? For God said, I will restore. Who's going to restore? God himself. He's going to restore it. How? By four death messengers killed it. Then four life messengers will restore it. What was the first? Martin Luther, justification. What was the second? John Wesley, by sanctification. What was the third? Pentecost and the restoration of the gifts, the Holy Ghost, baptism of the Holy Ghost. What was the fourth? You notice he skipped the third. He didn't name a third. He skipped it. What was the fourth? The Word. What? The Word. That was the Logos, God Himself. You say, well, he said uh, it was the baptism of the Holy Ghost, restoration of the gift. There was a messenger there too. What you're going to see is Brother Branham was that third one. And he forerun the fourth one. Watch what he said now. There were four great prophets. Four great prophets. One of them, Martin Luther, he began to shine. Justification. Then come Wesley, stronger anointing, sanctification. After Wesley come the stronger than him, Pentecostal, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, in another great prophet. Who is that one? So we notice here that he never names the great prophet or the third one. One, Martin Luther. Two, John Wesley. Three, he says Pentecostal, baptism in the Holy Ghost. And four was the Word himself, God himself. But in the last days of Malachi 4, watch now. Elijah is to come with the very Word. Now remember, he's already told you that this Elijah is none other than the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Elijah is to come with the very word. The word of the Lord came to the prophet. The Logos come to the prophet in the water. The Logos come to the prophet in the water in this age. What? In the evening light is to come forth to restore and bring back. What? Turn the hearts of the children back to the faith of, the, uh, faith of God. Fourth light. Fourth light. Then he goes into the Speaking of the bones, they raise up four stages of the restoration of Ezekiel's dry bones, but the life only come not when the senior skin was on them, but when the wind blowed up on them. That's when come back that fourth message of light. I will restore, saith the Lord. He can preach it again. What brought back the leaf? Pentecostal. What did it? Uh, leaves clapping, whatever more rejoicing. What the fourth was the word itself. The word made flesh. He never calls himself that third one. He points you to the fourth one. Why? The third one is not that critical. It's the fourth one. You've never seen him pointing to himself. You saw he was a prophet. He was that uh, one that uh, the Spirit was on. True. He was the third prophet. Luther, Wesley, William Branham. Look in the church age book. He puts his name right up there. The stars. He's trying to point you to the fourth one. And he said what? First line, justification. Second line, uh, baptism in the Holy Ghost. Then coming of the cap. 
What is it? That Holy Ghost bunch being honed out so they can fit with the same kind of ministry he had back when he went away. When he comes back, it'll catch the whole thing in the rapture where justification, sanctification, baptism, the Holy Ghost, that pyramid will stand. The house of God will live again. The tree of life is growing again. I will restore. Then he picked up, and we'll better stop there. Carry on. To restore, he goes to, uh, that takes you to Acts 3, verses 18 to 21, when it says, I will restore. But remember, the heavens must retain Jesus until the restitution of all things. But it says, Behold, in that day I'll send you a prophet out among the brethren. It'll be a refreshing, bringing forth a new message. Brother Ben called it the revival. And by that prophet he will restore all things before the Jesus can come in the physical body. So what you're looking at, you're looking at the forerunner. Brother Branham was that third angel. He was the third one. But he come at the end of the Pentecostal age. He come at the end of the 72 hours. Jesus come in at the end of the hour. He comes in at the end of the age. He was born out of due season. Paul said, I was born out of due season. In other words, I was not a part of the ministry of the apostles. I was born out of due season. Brother Bram said, I was born out of due season. I'm not Pentecostal. I was born out of due season. I'm not in that timeline. So he comes and he rebukes the Pentecostal by the first and second pull. But the third pull was basically the word himself, God himself coming, opening the seals, revealing himself, what we call the apocalypse of Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. The pillar of fire, the fourth light. It's what we are to look at. And the third light diminished, went away. The baptism of the Holy Ghost runs out. People say, oh, no, everybody, all right, show me how many is getting filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost anymore. They join the church, they join the message, they just get baptized, and that's it. You don't even hear, you gotta, oh, you got to pray, you got to be filled with the Holy Ghost. You don't even hear that preached anymore. All you hear is the prophet, you hear the prophet, the prophet, the prophet, the prophet, the prophet. Now that the prophet's gone, then what do you got now? Oh, the prophet's coming back, prophet's coming back, prophet's coming Come on, folks. Just take what he said. God himself is here to take you into a metamorphosis. He's got to bring you to a revelation. And what is that simple revelation? The Lord our God is one. Who had one unique son who paid the price of redemption for you. And if you'll confess that Jesus died and God raised him from the dead, out of your mouth you shall be saved. Now being saved, we pray that the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of himself, not Ephesians 1, 13 and 14, but Ephesians 15, 17 through 23 shall be here. That's where you've moved to. You've moved to the, from the baptism of the Holy Ghost to the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of himself. The eyes of our understanding have been enlightened that we can see the true living God. He's among us. He's with us. He's in us. And our confession is, He is here. God, we believe that you're here. Therefore, I ask you to heal me, to save me, to deliver me, whatever your petition is, in the name of thy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And see what you don't get what you ask for. Amen. Let's stand this morning. Praise be to God.
I almost felt like I was 30 this morning. It's, it's, it's wonderful to me, I, I, but it may be sound repetitious to you. I notice, as I said, you listen to, I want, say, I want to hear uh, United Pentecostal Sermons. So I pulled up, and they had about four or 500 Pentecostal sermons there. So I turned on one, listened to it a few minutes, turned on nothing, sounded just like the one I got to listen to, turned on nothing, sounded just like I listened to. Every one of them sounded like the same thing. And there's a few message preachers that still sound the same way. They're still selling the same story. And now then it's just a bunch of hyped-up psychology. Hoop, toop, bop, bop, what more, what more. There's no depth. There's no life in it. There's nothing there. There's no, just nothing there. Amen. All saying the same thing. But there's a little group, praise be to God, and I believe that we're a part of it. I know that you're hearing the truth. There's a group that has been ostracized, rejected. You will hardly find anyone in this message that will agree with you on what you are hearing and what we claim to believe. There is only one God and one unique created Son of God, Jesus the Messiah. And He is sitting on the Father's throne. And our Father which art in heaven, has descended here in the form of a light. And He is here talking to you, transforming a metamorphous process in you by His presence, changing that immortal soul in you to where it can absolutely quicken our mortal body, even at a given instance. And that anointing, Brother Bram said, I'll ride this trail again. It wasn't Brother Bram going to ride the trail again. That Logos will ride this trail again, and I believe the Logos will come, and He will anoint every one of us, and His presence will so awaken and so anoint the bride of Jesus Christ here and there. By this revelation, it's going to spring like a light in a, a dark place. It's going to blow up within us, and that anointing will open our eyes that we will see the sleeping saints standing right here in our midst now. And we'll, we won't even have a second thought. We'll follow that light right into the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ and say, Blessed be the Lord Jesus, our Lord in heaven. Amen. The rapture is in process. There is a second coming of Jesus with His bride. We've got to go up there, have a few days, three and a half years at the marriage supper of the Lamb. He'll slip out in a period of time, come and make himself known to the Jews while we're there rejoicing, shaking hands and say, we made it. And I'll say, well, I didn't think you was going to make it. He said, well, I didn't think you was going to make it either. But we made it all together. And we'll be so rejoicing. And all of a sudden, he'll say, all right, attention, it's time to mount your horses. Come on, mount up your horses. We'll all mount a horse. Get out and we'll ride out of there like a marching army. Praise God. Come out of glory like a big white cloud. Hallelujah. And the fire will fall and the lightning will flash and the wars will come and here we'll go. Then we'll set up a kingdom, build a temple, and then we'll be worshiped. No Israel. There's no revival of Israel. There's no Israel not in the picture no more. Gentile bride. Gentile days are numbered. Amen. You see the Gentiles going to sleep? God is blinding our eyes, slumbering us, slumbering. He's fixing to graft in that 144,000. But he's got to harvest us. He's got to take us out of the picture first before he can come back for the next climax of his plan and role. Amen. There's 144,000. He's got to get out of here. But he's got to get us out of the way first. Because we will not be here when the atomic bomb starts falling and all this chaos starts in. 
We will be here when this government falls apart and this socialist takes over and money don't mean nothing and no jobs or nothing else. We will be here in a part of that right there, a little chaos, a little while, while things are going on. But we won't be here in that tribulation period. Yeah, we'll drop to our knees and declare the Lord God that is here to take us out of here, and He will do it. Amen. So what are we going to sing? Victory. Oh, victory is mine. Oh, victory is mine. Oh, victory today is mine. Oh, I know. Anybody need prayer this morning? Want to pray with you? Got a need that you want to present to God? Victory is mine. Oh, victory is mine. Oh, victory today is mine. Well, I told you. It may be a Victory today is mine. Oh, victory is mine. Oh, victory is mine. Victory today is mine. made divine healing very simple to us you just simply said Lord just tell God God I know that you're here you got to believe that though God I know that you're here therefore I ask you to heal my body in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and he said he would do it now he said he'd been diagnosed with something wrong with his eye an artery pressing against his eye it's high blood pressure Everybody's got high blood pressure. How many's got high blood pressure this morning? You know what it is? It's the stress of the age. The pressures, unseen pressures, demonic powers, warring against the mind, keeping our hearts pounding, 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 question, question, wondering, wondering. Jobs, bills, family, church, stress. God is a stress reliever. We've got to recognize and confess, Lord, I am your son. I am your child. I need you as the great physician. I need you as a provider. I need you as my protector. Therefore, in the name of Jesus Christ, Father God, I have confessed your presence this morning. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, it is the word of God. It is the truth. Therefore, you said you would confirm your word with signs following. I lay my hands upon this brother. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pronounce his healing for the grace of Almighty God and give you glory and we'll praise you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. amen. Praise God. We thank you for relieving our sister, confirming her confession of faith that she is healed by the stripes of Jesus Christ. It will take your presence, your anointing, to make that confession manifest in her flesh. Therefore, we speak to her body by the authority of Almighty God and speak healing to her hearing, to her body, mind, 
even to her soul, to bring her body under control for the glory of God. We pronounce her healing by the grace of Almighty God. In Jesus' name, we count it done. And everybody said amen and amen. Anybody believes you're healed this morning in the presence of God? All right, let's sing his hymn. Oh, victory is mine. Victory in grows within us. May the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God himself grow within us to the place that we can say, when you see me, you see the Father. That is the confession that must come out of the mouth of the bride. We can confess that we're saved, and we are. I believe that. But there was a fourth light the fourth light is the one that I'm declaring is still here. I believe William Branham forerun the fourth prophet. And that prophet is God himself. Brother Branham was a part, even duplicating the very ministry of Jesus Christ, introducing us to God himself. But he is the preeminent one. Our attention should be upon Him, and we should get in the spirit of His presence for what He's here to do, and that presence will transform us and take us to the marriage supper of the Lamb. You said, how is He going to do that? I don't know. I just know that He will. And we will know, like you said, when He comes back, when that anointing comes back, and He will come back into a manifested presence again. And we will know it. Because that anointing will not come back upon us to a very length of time until the resurrection and the translation takes place. He's going to take a small group of people out of here under the anointing of the pillar of fire himself. Amen. And he has the power and the ability to do it. You believe that? God bless you. That's our confession. That's what we believe. Now go tell somebody. I believe there's only one God. 
His name is the Lord Jesus Christ who had one only begotten Son who died for my sins, was raised for my justification, and my faith in Him saves me this morning. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you in two weeks.